Waking up to another light. No more sorrow and no more light. You're the light. Let it shine now. Let it shine now. Burning bright because we're not ashamed. Got a world to illuminate. You're the light. Let it shine now. Let it shine now. everybody doing this morning that was very poor how is everybody doing this morning 
All right, I'm going to ask you guys one more time. This is his, that's, that's pretty sorry. Come on, guys. All right. We got to get loud enough so everybody walks in here, okay? On three. How's everybody doing? One, two, three. That means everybody out there, come in here. Wow. Well, I'm Pastor Tone. Um, I am the middle school pastor of Salem Fields Community Church. I also play drums sometimes and sing and other stuff. Um, we're going to have one of our students come up, and they're going to tell you a little bit about some things we got going on. So if Will, you would walk up here. Where is Will? Will. William Barth. He went that way. Well, William Barth is not. Will! We need you. Everybody say Will. Everybody say Fredericksburg Tarzan. He got his hair cut. He's not Fredericksburg Tarzan anymore. Thank you, Will. How you doing this morning? Good. Tell him about some stuff. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm here to talk about um, Journey. Journey is the youth that we do for middle school and high school on Tuesday nights. And um, it's awesome. We get free food. We get to play games. Um, we get to... We get to experience God that you're just not going to get to experience in day-to-day -day life going to school. We have leaders that are committed to loving us and answering our questions. And um, I think it's really important because you get, to, you get to have a conversation. You get to have a conversation about, about um, just things, that, things like relationships, like how do you go about dating these days, and things about um, the importance of giving your time to God rather than giving your time to watching another TV show or playing another game. And you get the uh, conversation from all the students in your area, kids that you're not going to normally meet. You get to make new friends. But kids from a school 50 miles away, maybe, if they want to travel that far. But you, um, you get to just hear other people's point of view on God. And now we have Lou Cable, who's going to talk to you guys about outreach, because our students also do, besides being in Journey, uh, they also do a lot of outreach events to try to impact people outside of the church. So Luke is going to talk to you about one of those. Um, so we went, um, me and a couple other people um, from Salem Fields went to Rise Against Hunger, an event. Um, and it was a good event for a good cause. We packaged 20-some uh, thousand um, meals for um, people around the world who couldn't afford them. And um, that was fun. So as you can see, it is student takeover weekend, and so we just really want to highlight everything that student ministry is doing here at Salem Fields Community Church. And that's just a really quick snapshot, just a couple of things that are going on. And so really, your tithes and offerings go to really support every single thing that they do, and they are really reaching out to their community, trying to make an impact for their generation. And it is exciting to see. So we really just want to thank you so much for your generosity. And I just got a couple of quick announcements, and one of them is that we're going to be taking our tithes and offerings uh, here in a little 
little bit uh, during our worship time. And so, uh, again, this is just another way that we're able to worship God here at Salem Fields Community Church. And we are in the middle of summer, so uh, we really just want to thank you so much for still being faithful with your giving, uh, with all the vacation travel and everything else. Uh, we really just want to just say thank you and uh, just know that uh, it is going a long way to making an impact in this community. So there really are many ways that you can give. Uh, cash or check as the buckets come by during uh, this next song. Uh, you can go out to one of the giving kiosks. You can give through debit or credit out there. Or if you are online, just click that little green button in the top right-hand corner. Uh, or as always, you can give through the Sandfields Community Church app. And so uh, if you're a guest with us, please do not feel obligated to give. We're just so glad that you are here with us this morning uh, and worshiping. It is a little different uh, service, but I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed by it. And so if you can just do us a favor, hopefully you got a program when you came in. There's a connection card within that. Uh, you can just drop that during when those buckets come by. And then we also want to encourage you to go out to the first time guest table out in the lobby. Uh, we have a special gift for you. We really just want to welcome you to Sandfields Community Church and just answer any question that you might have. A uh, couple of other quick announcements for you. Uh, if you want to go ahead, pull out your cell phones and check into Facebook or send a tweet or send a picture on Instagram, however you utilize social media, we really just want to encourage you. You know what? Uh, invite someone to church through that. Say, hey, I'm worshiping here this morning. You should really come at 11 or you should really join me next week. And I'm telling you, you might think that's pretty insignificant, but we've heard so many stories of people really responding to that and really ending up in church and their lives are changed. So one small thing like that makes a difference. Uh, we have our celebration service tonight. It takes place at 6 p.m. This is a way for all three of our services to come together to, to worship, to celebrate everything that God is doing. So we'll have baptisms and, and child dedications and worship and communion. It is going to be an amazing time. It's one of my favorite things that we do. So really want to encourage you guys, come and check that out. Uh, if you want to be baptized or have a child dedicated, it's not too late. Just fill that out on your connection card and drop that in the buckets. Or if, you know, you're still on the fence and you're, you know, debating uh, and, you know, it gets to the last minute and you're like, I really want to do this tonight, just show up and we'll accommodate you and it won't be too late. So I really want to encourage you to do that. Well, since we're doing celebration service tonight, we've been doing a Back to Basics course every single week. So we're taking this week off because we really just want to encourage everyone to come to celebration service. Well, again, we're so glad you're here. Check out this video. If there's an open way, I'll just run. While everything else fades and turns to dust We're searching to find a way from here We'll follow our souls Into the night, let's disappear Cause wherever we go
Retreat 2018. And yeah, it was a blast last year. I had fun because I personally got to go. And so this year we have, it's an opportunity to have Winter Retreat 2019 right in this building right now. And the dates are 18th through the 20th, January 2019. And the theme for Winter Retreat is Forever Free. And it's going to be so fun. And last year, we, it was, I think last year was recorded 3,000 volunteer hours. And this year, we really need more help, as like always. And if you go out there after service, you can go sign up to assist us for the 2019 winter retreat. So, yeah. Um, now watch this next clip. It's called NYC Nazarene Youth Conference, and it happens every four years, and this year it's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona from the 10th through the 14th, and um, if you're in grades 9 through 12, you can go. So yeah, I encourage you to come. So yeah. Oh. So yeah, um, next we are going to have some the worship team come up and sing some great songs. So yeah, come join us. Good morning, Salem Fields. Would you stand and worship with us this morning? I hope you are doing great. You look great. <laughs> Thank you.
to shake someone's hand, tell them good morning.
others to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Yes, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
let that be our prayer this morning. God will come in and he will break every chain. Amen. Amen. God's going to come into your life. If you let him, he will break every chain. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you so much right now. Father God, you're going to come in and break every single chain. You're going to move every barrier out of our way so that we can draw closer to you, Father God. If we draw near, you're going to draw near to us, Lord. Thank you so much for everything that you're going to do in this place this morning and in our future, Father God. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Shannon, I'm with Salem Fields Townhomes. I'm the leasing uh, consultant over there. We had the movie night uh, a couple weeks back and it was a huge success, actually. We had a ton of parents and a ton of kids who came to us afterwards and just said that it was great to have everybody together, to see everybody in the neighborhood. Because um, you know, you might see your neighbor once or twice, but you don't see all of the people on the other streets and all the other kids who hang out around the area. So it was a great time to get everybody together. We had a lot of residents who came up and just said that they were thankful that they were able to come out and hang out and have a good time with everybody. And I think one of the other biggest positives that we had for the event, Trent had brought beef hot dogs and we have a lot of residents who don't eat pork. And so they were just so thankful that we had brought beef hot dogs. And I was like, something so small was so exciting to a ton of our residents. Moving forward, I think that we're looking towards having like a weekly game night where everybody can come out and have fun, uh, having uh, movie nights in the future. Right now we have 139 townhomes uh, in our community and over 50% of that as children. So we've got 281 minor children. A lot of our parents actually travel up to Northern Virginia, DC, that area. So we've got a lot of kids who are hanging out around the neighborhood uh, who are looking for stuff to do so that they're not bored uh, and really just looking for ways to engage them so that they're not sitting at home or they're not you know, getting into things they shouldn't be getting into. We have had a lot of kids who come in the office and will ask me for help. And so I'm like, I can try with algebra, but you know, I'm not, it's been a while. So another big activity that we wanted to put together was like a homework help program for all of the kids so that they would have a place to come and get help and learn about things they might be struggling with that they can't get help elsewhere. We definitely need help from volunteers in the area, a way to get everybody together. So if they see a bunch of people out there that are willing to help and willing to you know, get together for the kids and I think that they'll be more willing to come out and have the events with us. We just wanted to create a, a better sense of community. Uh, we wanted to make sure that all of our residents know that it's a safe community, uh, that it's a place that we can all come together, we can all hang out, we can all have a great time. All right, so I want to thank First of all, Miss Hazel, she is actually here representing Salem Field Townhomes this morning. Could you stand, Miss Hazel? Thank you. Thank you so much. And she has actually been orchestrating over there for over, what now, five years? Oh, a year. I, it seemed like five. Is that right? <laughs> No, but she's been there just over a year, and she's been able to see a lot of transition take place. And as far as the residents go, the need 
of us as their neighbor has actually multiplied in the time period. And so we were blessed as a student ministry to go over there. You all know we do Journey on Tuesday nights. And so instead of just doing it here, we actually took Journey over there one Tuesday night. And boy, oh boy, it was amazing, the um, impact, the turnout. Um, we expected about maybe 25 to 30 folk. Um, and it was almost 200 people that came out. <laughs> Glory to God there. And the ages were not just middle and high school. It was from toddlers all the way up to adults like ourselves. So the need is great. They didn't want to stop there. They went back to Hazel. They went to Shannon, and they said, look, can we do that again? Can we, can we do something more regular? And, of course, being a Salem Fields family, what we say? Of course. <laughs> So actually, week to week now, we are looking to have almost a journey satellite um, rendition over there. So basically, what I'm saying, why am I telling you all this? Because I need your what? Help. And it's no shame in my game, you know. <laughs> we have leaders. We have amazing leaders. But we can't do it by ourselves. The need there, the amount of people there, the lives we can touch and share some love in Jesus with our hands and our feet, touching the palates of their tongue, playing games, doing movies, doing interactive activities, the sky's the limit. But we need your help, church family. So when you leave out today, you will see a sign-up table in the foyer if you're interested in assisting, which you are, right? Yes! Um, please sign up on a sheet, and if you cannot sign up today, please email students at salemfields.com. That's student with an S at salemfields.com, all right? Thank you so much. How much of your life that God has given to you are you willing to give back to God? Well, today we're going to hear from a few of our students from our Impact Drama team. And they're going to share the stories of three individuals from across the spans of time, worldwide, who have answered that question. My name is Anala, and I'm 17 years old. I met my friend Praveen at school. After we became friends, it didn't take long before I gave her a Bible and was teaching her Christian songs. Praveen then secretly taught the songs to her little sister. Her parents were Muslim, and when they found out that Praveen was singing the songs and teaching them to her sister, they were definitely not happy. Soon, Praveen accepted Christ as her Savior at our church service on Good Friday. She was so excited about her new relationship with Jesus. Her life totally changed. She boldly praised God and read her Bible. I knew that eventually she would face opposition from her family. Her parents were indeed furious about her conversion. They had already arranged for Praveen to marry a Muslim man, but Praveen refused to marry him and ran away. When her parents could not find her, they accused me and my pastor of kidnapping her. They arrested me. I was slapped and beaten in front of my parents for over nine hours. Then I was taken to Pakistani prison. In the prison, I was whipped 16 times. They say that five times makes a normal man pass out. When I was released from prison, 
I couldn't sit for two months. Eventually, Praveen was found by her family. In Muslim nations, children are often severely beaten for converting to Christianity. Other children are beaten by or killed by their parents for accepting Christ. Praveen's brother, in an effort to restore honor to his family, stabbed Praveen to death. He was never punished by law for slaughtering his sister. As for me, my family and I are still in hiding because our lives have been threatened. Hi, I'm Zoe. Are you willing to share the real hope with anyone, anywhere? For Anala, it cost her her freedom, but for you and me, it may be popularity, acceptance, or feeling outcasted. Would you be willing to even lose family relationships because you trust in Jesus? Jesus said in Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. For me, this challenges me in my personal life to identify and challenge every day anything that I have allowed to become more important than Jesus. For me, this is finding friends that accept me and my faith in Jesus. My name is John Stanscu, and in the 1960s, I was a prisoner in a Romanian slave labor camp. One day, a Russian colonel came into my cell, demanding to know who was preaching about Jesus Christ. When no one spoke, he announced that everyone would be beaten. He commanded we all strip off our clothes. Then, as he promised, he went to each prisoner, one by one, and beat us with a cane. When he came to me and saw that I was still dressed, he said, Not ready yet? Strip this minute. I stood up, looked at him, and said, There is a God in heaven, and he will judge you. All of my cellmates knew at that moment I would be beaten to death. But at that moment, a guard entered the cell and said, Colonel Albin, you are called urgently to the office. Some high-ranking generals have come from the ministry. The colonel left, but before he did, he looked at me and said, we will see each other again soon. When he left, he didn't realize that he would be back in the cell as a prisoner instead of a colonel. You see, back then, if a fellow Russian officer disliked another, they could put that officer in jail for what seemed like absolutely no reason. As you can imagine, many inmates jumped at the colonel to try and lynch him when he was thrown into our cell, but I shielded him from the anger of my cellmates, and sometimes those fist of blows landed on me instead. Another Christian prisoner asked me afterwards, where did you get this power to do this and do these things? I told him, I love Jesus deeply. I always have him before my eyes. I also see him in my enemy. It is Jesus who keeps me from doing even worse things. My name is Justin. Um, I'm going to be speaking on behalf of John Staniskew. Um, I'm going to read a verse, Luke 27 through 29, mentioning um, loving our enemies. It states, but I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who persecute you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn him the other also. Uh, just in this instance, um, John Staniskew, he went through a lot. 
personally with people who belittled him and surprised him and treated him wrongfully, but he still continued to show his love regardless for Jesus Christ to each and every one of those individuals. And I know personally for me, that has been a struggle, especially for me going into sophomore year as a high schooler, that in public schools there's so much um, bullying, so much hate, and especially at school and on social media. And I know personally that can be hard for many of us. I know for you adults, it can be in the workplace. You might have that boss who's just telling you to make runs to get him food over and over and over, or telling you to laminate paper, or, oh, this is a great copy, this one, and do it again, do it again, do it again, or won't give you leave, or whatever the case may be. But I just want to let you all know that truly, through those circumstances, just remember that you are here for a higher purpose, and that God is a higher calling in your life, and that no matter what you go through, he's there for you. So at the end of the day, just love your enemies, love your neighbors, treat them with kindness, because at the end of the day, that's what God did when he became the ultimate sacrifice and died for our sins. Thank you. My name is Perpetua, and I was imprisoned in the year 203 in Carthage for practicing Christianity. At the time I was imprisoned, I was a well-educated, 22-year-old married mother with a nursing infant. My baptism was clouded by anxiety over my family. I did not have the support of my father, who visited me often and pleaded with me to denounce my faith for his sake and for the sake of my infant son. Once, he came to my cell and brought my son with him. A guard told me to have pity on my father and on my child. When I did not recant my faith in Christ, the guard beat my elderly father with rods. I took pity on my father but I could not say that I was something that I was not. Ultimately, I was sent with other Christians into an open arena where we were mortally wounded by wild animals. In the midst of our bloody trial, my fellow martyrs and I encouraged others who were looking on not to be troubled, but to remain strong in the faith. At the end of my torture by wild animals, I was pierced by a sword and choked to death by a gladiator. I want you all to think for a second. You don't have to raise your hands, but I want to ask you a question. How many of you all would be willing to give your life for Christ? And for those of you who are thinking, yes, of course I would. If it came down to this situation um, where I was like Perpetua in front of an arena facing death, I would give my life for Christ. But how many of you are willing to have that same obedience in your daily life? How many of you are willing to give up your time, your reputation, your pride, your finances, maybe even those relationships that are getting in the way of you and God? If we're not willing to have that same obedience in our day-to-day -day lives, then I don't think we can really say that we would be willing to give our lives for Christ. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives within me. So even though we aren't living in Carthage in 203 AD, let's live like we are faced with that decision to give our life to Christ every single day. Like we have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer about us, but about Christ that lives in us. The rest of the verse says, The life I live now in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus Christ gave his life for us. 
the least that we can do is to have that same obedience and live our lives daily for him. you all to stand for a minute if you don't mind. I'm going to ask Justin if he would come to the front. Just before the worship team sings the last worship song, how many of you guys, um, when someone sacrifices something for your behalf, how many of you are impacted by that? I mean, man, when you just say, man, you didn't have to, right? I didn't ask Justin's permission for this. But we have reason to believe his father passed away this morning. And I don't know why you chose to come and still be here today through all of this. But I want, I want to pray for you. I want you to know how much we love you. And I would like us all, if we would, um, would you all pray for Justin's family? The grieving process has not started. But we got that call about um, 30 minutes before service today. And man, here he is ministering. You do know that God is calling you to be, a, be something great, right? <laughs> okay. God, um, every time I experience sacrifice in my life, I'm just humbled because God is the ultimate thing that you did for me and for all of us here. You weren't willing to stay in heaven all the way up there by yourself and just let us be distant and estranged. Instead, God, you loved us so much that you were not willing to let us go. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Now, God, Lord, I pray, God, Lord, for the Jackson family today. I pray for our dear sister Angel for the last year. She's helped her husband fight and battle cancer. And Lord God, to know that he was in so much pain, this is a bittersweet moment. God, Lord, we know that he's in your hands now. And Father, at this time, God, I just pray, God, Lord, for Justin and for Angel. And God, we just lift him up before you, God. And I'm sure everyone here is doing more than just thinking of him. They're praying for him. God, Lord, um, we just ask, God, Lord, that you would continue to call Justin, to lead Justin. God, would you also do that special thing that you know how to do, that only you can do, and wrap your arms around him.
want to thank the worship team. Thank you all so much. You all can be seated. Wow. Thank you very much. So today, God has laid on my heart a message that I hope will encourage every one of you. You know, um, I found myself in places in my life where I've had to face someone who I would consider an evildoer. Someone who doesn't treat me with respect or someone who, who, who really is, seems to be unfair towards me. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Anyone been in those situations? Anyone currently in those situations? I remember um, several years back, my wife and I, um, we were renting a house, and we had this landlord who, um, we didn't know about it, but she was facing foreclosure. And so we actually went into this house that was already in trouble, and we rented this property. We signed the agreements and everything. She gave us permission to paint. And the moment that our payments bailed her out, man, she became the evildoer in my life. And, you know, in those moments, you find yourself um, just kind of stumping your feet, you know. I'm not going to do anything extra to help this person. I'm not going to go out of my way to help this person. Have you been there? Such was the situation for many of the Jews that were living in Roman Palestine. And during the ministry of Jesus Christ, what Jesus Christ was doing is that he, was, um, he had just done, or he was in the midst of what's called the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, it's called the Sermon on the Mount because, I mean, man, this is one of the longest discourses of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so what Jesus did was begin to share with all that was present. According to um, the, the Gospel of Luke, I mean, people were coming from all the coastal cities to attend, to be present. People were pressing to touch Jesus because people were being healed and, and things were happening. And Jesus chose this as an opportunity to truly wreck the cultural norms. How many of you know that Jesus has a way of not thinking the way that we think and not living life the way we're living life and helping us to understand that we shouldn't just follow the cultural norms? So as we look in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38, there's something that happens. Jesus Christ is speaking and in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 38, um, I want you to hear the first few words that Jesus Christ says. He says in verse 38, he says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. Can you say an evildoer? 
How many of you know an evildoer in your life? How many of you would agree that you are an evildoer? <laughs> so I'm not going to raise my hand for that. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I'm an angel. They're the problem. If the world could just get straight, I'll be okay. I mean, it's how I think, you know. And so then the Bible says, it says, um, but Jesus says, but I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary. And then he says, if anyone slaps you um, on your right cheek, turn the other um, to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Now, I stopped there for a minute. I stopped there because I was concerned about, like, Jesus, what are you talking about if someone wants me to go one mile? No one's going to force me to go a mile. My coach couldn't make me go a mile. <laughs> and what are you talking about? So I began to look into the historical context of this, and I found something amazing. So into Roman Palestine, what we learn is that the Roman Empire, who had become the dominant force of the region, had um, learned something from Cyrus the Great, the Persian king. Whenever he needed to move mail across his kingdom and his conquered territories, he literally would require any citizen along that territory to grab the mail carrier's bag and carry it for one mile. Rome said, this is a great idea, except we want it to work for our military force. Because you see, whenever we conquer a territory, what Rome was known for is to build roads and infrastructure all the way back to Rome. Thus, we hear the phrase, all roads lead to Rome. And they wanted their soldiers to have relief whenever they needed to have relief. And so how would they go about that process is to say, okay, well, then um, any conquered people, if they're required by a Roman soldier, if they're required, they have to carry that Roman soldier's backpack, which by some historical accounts weighed between 60 to 70 pounds. Can you imagine yourself getting up one morning and you're, you're just about to have that big breakfast? And here comes a Roman soldier and go, you, yeah, you look like you can do it take my back. And you know, the Jews hated this. They hated this because what it required of them, this, they were already being oppressed by, 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 by these foreign Gentiles as they would see it. And many of the people in that area did not like the fact that, man, every single time a Roman soldier required them, they would have to carry this bag for a complete mile. And inside of many of Rome's roads, they would put a mile marker. And basically, when you got to that mile, you could drop the bag. And here's Jesus talking. Talking to this group of people, and he says, hey, don't resist an evildoer. But Jesus, you don't understand the evildoers in my life. Anybody felt like that before? I mean, my evildoers are special they're real good at evil doing. Jesus says, don't resist an evildoer. That word resist is to turn away, stay away from. You know, some of us have this separation theology, and we believe that we're going to pray one day that God will fix that evil person. One day, I can't wait till, oh, man, I can't wait till you get it. How many of us have had prayers where we prayed and we say, God, 
I'm really tired of my boss. He's unfair. He treats me wrong. He requires things of me that he should never require. He don't require it of other people, and I have to do more work. And Jesus says, don't resist them. You see, Jesus recognized something. He recognized that if we are willing to be followers of Jesus Christ, if we are willing to be obedient to Christ in our life, that our life can truly impact the world around us. So here's what happened is that basically um, individuals were required to carry this bag. And Jesus Christ looked at this crowd and he says, listen, I want you to carry the bag two miles. Don't do it one. And so as a follower of Christ would be selected out of the group and picking up that bag and walking forward, could you imagine that first mile that Roman soldier is feeling relieved and that one mile who Jesus called this the evildoers that we should not resist. That one mile as he began to walk and, and he's began to get to that one mile marker, can you imagine the soldier going, all right, thanks, put it down there. And this follower of Jesus would continue to walk. The soldier go, hey, hey, what's wrong with you? We've already passed the mile marker. Aren't you paying attention? This follower of Jesus would continue to walk. Man, what in the world is going on? Why are you still carrying my bag? And can you imagine that in that whole process, this follower of Jesus would turn and say, sir, I would like to carry your bag two miles. Can you imagine the impact? You see, Jesus knew something we didn't know. That second mile, the first mile is out of pure obligation. And God tells us, many of us in the church, many of us who call ourselves Christians and followers of Jesus, we're only living up to one mile in our life. We're only willing to do the one mile to do just enough, whatever our obligations require of us. And Jesus Christ is saying to all of us, hey, I want you to go the second mile. I want you to go further than just the expectation. Instead of resisting an evildoer, go the second mile. Now I'll put this disclaimer out because I know the enemy will often say, well, you know, what about abuse and what about other things? Listen, Jesus was not condoning abuse. What Jesus is saying for you to do is to understand a very important principle when it comes to evildoers. He loves them just as much as he loves you. What? You mean this lady who has taken money from my family? You know how we say food out of our children's mouth? Are you kidding? This boss that just, I mean, he is just unruly and unfair? Are you kidding? Jesus says, I love that evildoer just as much as I love you. 
Matter of fact, if Jesus went even further, he would make it clear to you that you were once that evildoer, that if it wasn't for someone going the second mile for you, you would still be that evildoer. You say, Pastor Trent, I don't get you because I'm sorry. I have some people in my life I just can't reconcile this with. Listen to me. If you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, he says it very well here. Go the second mile. But you don't understand. I, I, I went the second mile one time for them. I've <laughs> been there before, and they didn't change. Hey, that's not why you go the second mile. You go the second mile out of obedience to Jesus. You go the second mile because this transformative mile changes you. Because when it changes you, something crazy happens to the world around us. I remember hearing about Jesus Christ being in the Garden of Gethsemane. How many of you all remember that? As he knelt there and he prayed and he says, Father, you know, if it be any way to let this cup pass me, pass by me, please, but not my will, but thy will be done. Do you know what that cup represented? The second mile for Jesus Christ. Folks, I get excited because here's the reality, is that Jesus was not satisfied at just showing up here in human form and healing us and, 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 and giving sight to the blind and helping the lame to walk. You know why? Because Jesus knew that that was all temporal. That was only fixing our physical condition. But there was something even greater than our physical condition that Jesus wanted to do and he had to do. And he was willing to go that second mile for us. I ask you, man, when someone sacrifices something for me, wow, it wrecks me. I don't know about you, but I'm a giver, so I, I have a difficult time sometimes receiving, right? <laughs> it's like, man, I'd rather give to somebody and just let it be done, right? It's my own pride. But when that shoe's on the other foot, wow, humble pie. Let me tell you what Jesus is saying to us. He's telling you that he loves your evildoer just as much as he loves you. I mean, it's plastered all over social media and all over our, our mainstream media today is that there's something wrong with that person and that person and that person and that person and that thing and this. And all we hear, we're just inundated with all kinds of information proving to us that there are problems in the world. There are evildoers existing. And for many of us, we just say, man, God, if you would just fix this. For many of us, we even come to an even deeper theological question. Like, God, why do you let evil exist? Why do you not take out ISIS? Why do you not take out some other people in my life that bothers me? Here's Jesus' response. I am taking them out one at a time through obedient followers like you. 
See, because on that second mile, it's a mile of grace. On that second mile, it's a mile where this soldier realizes that I'm not doing anything to get anything from him. On this second mile of grace, it becomes clear that I'm changed. Not just to him, but to who? Me. See, do the math. Jesus is telling you to go the second mile. But how many miles is he actually asking you to walk? Do you get it? Four. You're going to go two with, with this soldier, with this evil door, and then you got to walk back to, to where you were. See, it's about self-denial and it's about obedience to God. If you ever want to do future reading and follow up, go to Matthew chapter 5. And as you look at Matthew chapter 5, in the latter part, as Jesus Christ is closing out his discourse, one of the things that really struck me, he says, hey, he says, I have allowed and caused the sun to rise on both the righteous and unrighteous. Hey, I have allowed rain to come on both the righteous and the unrighteous. Say, wow, what does that mean? It means that God loves your evildoers just as much as he loves you. How many of us have been praying for something bad to happen to that person in our life? If you'll be honest, you've had those moments where you just say, God, can you just take this person out of my life? God, could you just remove this from me? Jesus says, don't resist. Go the second mile. I want you to stand to your feet, please. I was at a restaurant recently, and I don't know how many of you like to eat like I like to eat, okay? All right, yes, thank you. I got a friend. Okay, Mike, big Mike, come on. All right, so, you know, um, like to eat. And I went to one of my favorite restaurants, and I was there, and I was ready to get my favorite meal. And, man, this waiter was less than stellar. And, I mean, I was getting kind of frustrated. He wouldn't refill the drinks. I mean, guys, I, you know, when I'm drinking, I, I, I want, you know, if it's refillable, it's refillable, right? Would you please bring me more? And then he wasn't really, like, paying attention to my table. You, you had those moments where, I mean, I can't reach him. He's right there. Look, those people came after me. How did they get their food first? And then when my food comes, my food is wrong. Oh, oh, shucks, here we go. That tip is just deducting, right? In your mind, you begin to start thinking like that, right? And you just start getting upset about it. And, and you just go, man, you know what? I'm about ready to ask for a manager up in here. And, man, this guy just... I mean, he would not get it right. So anyway, call for the check. We made it through the meal. Signed the check, and okay, I'm going to give a tip. Somebody might know me. Might be a seven fielder around here. Let me give a tip. <laughs> Send it to him. 
And then the Holy Spirit locked me in my chair. He says, I heard it like, did you even ask? Did you even ask? And God wrecked me. And so I called him back over and I said, um, hey, is there anything I could pray for you about? I'm just glad that I didn't say what I was thinking earlier. Is there anything I could pray for you about? He says, yeah, man, I need some sleep. He says, I haven't slept in three days. I got so much going on in my life, and this is my second double shift. I didn't know. I didn't know. So I prayed with this young man. And I walked out, tail between my legs. But I still was filled with gratitude to the Holy Spirit of God. And, and that, that, that this day I chose to, to just be obedient and to, to, to really deny myself and just submit. And I realized that that was a calling to the second mile. My schedule didn't matter anymore. What had happened in my day really didn't matter. It was all about praying for that young man. I wonder how many of you are willing today. You know, just like those in the time of Jesus, we're, we gotta be willing willing to go that second mile for the evil doers in our life. God loves them. Say it again. You say, Pastor Trey, you don't understand. I mean, <laughs> my husband, my wife, you don't understand. at your home, in your community. It's an opportunity to go to Second Mile. I've had young people be very honest with me and tell me, they don't, I don't really like you, Pastor Trent. I say, okay. There's a long line to Richmond, but okay. <laughs> but you know what? It's not about like. It's about love. That's the problem. I don't have to like you. You don't have to like me. But man, we got to love each other. And I'm willing to do that because I love Jesus. May this song minister.
So, Father, God, equip us to, to be your hands and feet, to go that extra mile, Father God, of showing your love, of showing your grace, showing your goodness, God. There's a world that doesn't need to see any more hate, doesn't need to see any more judgment, Father God. They just need to experience your love and your grace, God. God, so I thank you for this message. God, it is ministered to my heart, and I just pray, God, that you would just continue to just reveal to every single person here, Father God, God, how they can apply that in their own life, Lord. And so maybe you're also here this morning, and you've never taken even that first step with God. Maybe you even felt unworthy of it. Maybe you're that Roman soldier 
just looking at Jesus saying, how is this possible? Uh, how do you love me? How do you, how do you not just want to leave me behind? But that's the beauty and that is the grace of our loving Father. As he came for every single person, you haven't earned that grace. You haven't deserved that grace, yet it's there. That love is there. And so maybe you want to make that decision this morning of just wanting to take that first step with Jesus. Just wanting to say, God, I want to live for you. I want to receive that gift of salvation. Knowing that I can be a new creation in you, Jesus. And so all you have to do, it's simple. All you have to do is just say a prayer. And just repeat it after me. Father, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe you rose again three days later, conquering death. Joel so meant that you conquered my sin. Jesus, forgive me for all the wrong that I have done in my life. God, help me to follow you and to live for you. Jesus, I give you my life. I love you and I praise you. And if you prayed that prayer, just as again, another declaration where no eye looking, no one looking around, just lift up your hand on the count of three. It's just again, another declaration saying, today my new life starts. Today I start walking with you, Jesus. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the lives that are changed, God. God, heaven is celebrating. We are celebrating with these people, Jesus. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, God. We give you all honor. We give you all glory. And we give you all praise. Thank you, Jesus. For it is in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for being here. We love you all. Go visit that student table, see everything that they've got going on. It is amazing what God is doing in and through our young people. So we love y'all. If you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, visit the salvation uh, table back there. We got a gift that we want to give you. And so we want to help you on this journey. We love you guys. We'll see you back here next week.